Craig Smith's hat trick against the Vegas Golden Knights helped the Boston Bruins get back in the win column. And they are slowly rising up the Eastern Conference standings. Going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and happy Friday, Bruins fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins an everyday listen. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube. So please do smash that podcast subscribe button as well as the video subscribe button each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download listen watch and enjoy Uh, i very much appreciate all the support uh for sure if you are on social media you can find the podcast at locked nhl bruins twitter instagram and you can find me my dad jokes hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren, been covering this team for various outlets uh, for 17 years as a lifelong fan, and it was great to see the Boston Bruins get back in the win column last night in Vegas after uh, losing to the Anaheim Ducks earlier uh, this week for their current six-game road trip. They're now 4-1, and one, and they will finish things off uh, Saturday night in Columbus. Big bear of the night, no question about it, goes to Craig Smith, who recorded a hat-trick in the win over the uh, the Golden Knights. He had gone over a month uh, without a goal, dating back to January 30th, a span of 12 games, uh, just one goal in his last 19, and then he came up with uh, the three goals in this game uh, to hopefully boost his confidence and uh, really cemented the trio of uh, Smith, Trent Frederick, and Charlie Coyle in uh, the third line. We talk about secondary scoring. The Bruins have, you know, two very effective lines going at the moment. The tertiary scoring came up in this one uh, as Smith uh, scored the three. They've worked well over the past few weeks, not rewarded necessarily all that consistently on the score sheet, but uh, Bruce Cassidy, you know, said this line, they've been spending time in the ozone. They had a good meeting before the game with that trio about how they can start building a little more of an attacking mentality. And it worked out for them. Um, You know, they, there was a bit of a blunder with that line that led to a goal, costly goal, the other night in Anaheim. But uh, they came back in a big way. And, and Cassidy actually compared this line to the third line of Charlie Coyle, Marcus Johansson, and Danton Heinen that helped lead the Bruins to the Stanley Cup final back in 2019. Uh, he said the Coyle 
and Johansson trades that year gave the Bruins three lines uh, and three lines that could score, uh, gave energy. And now if that line can generate offensively, the Bruins become all that much more dangerous. Um, and that's a function also of moving coil down to the third line. You know, he had been penciled in to be the team's second line center. There's been a lot of shuffling since January 1st. We'll talk about how good the Bruins have been since January 1st here in a moment. But with Hala moved up to play with uh, Taylor Hall, David Pasternak, you bump coil down. Uh, he's had some chemistry with Smith in the past. Frederick's become, uh, you know, uh, what do you want? I don't want to say a disturbing presence, but uh, you know, he helps create on the forecheck. He helps unsettle the opposition and the way the fourth line is going as well right now, the Bruins really do seem to have um, something in terms of the current lineup. Having said that, of course, we know the Jake DeBrusque trade request is hanging over this team likely to be resolved before the trade deadline. So how that impacts the full core, we'll have to see. Ideally, you would trade him for someone who could play on the top line so as not to disturb the other lines. Or do you get a second line center? But how would that affect the bottom six with Hala bumped down? Um, those are big questions for Don Sweeney to face. Another positive for the Bruins, David Pasternak uh, scored as well. His 30th of the season, the fifth time he's hit that mark in his career. Again, he's only 25 years old. Uh, he now has 23 goals since January 1st, since uh, being bumped down to the second line, playing with Taylor Hall and Eric Howe. His five 30-goal seasons rank as the fourth most in Bruins history, tied with Bobby Orr, uh, behind Rick Middleton and Phil Esposito, who had eight. Uh, Johnny Busick had seven, and uh, Patrice Bergeron, Cam Neely, Peter McNabb each had six. So he's well on his way to becoming one of, if not the most prolific scorer in Boston Bruins history. Uh, just to go back to the third line for a moment, uh, Trent Frederick, his first three-point game, uh, he had three shots on goal as well, four hits, one of his best games as a Boston Bruin. Um, Cassidy said, even though he got three assists, he was shooting off the rush a couple of times. He has um, an excellent release, according to Bruce Cassidy, and a very impressive performance for him. I've been a bit critical of Trent Frederick over his tenure with the Boston Bruins. He, you know, gets maybe more chances than some of the younger other younger players. Uh, but again, playing on the slide, he's been very, very good. And then Jeremy Swayman, once again, stellar between the pipes, 34 saves, including an unbelievable lunging blocker save to rob former Bruin Riley Smith in the second period. Cassidy, quite simply saying, Swayman was really good for us tonight. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many starts he gets compared to Linus Allmark down the stretch? It's quite apparent at the moment that Swayman is the number one option in net for the Boston Bruins. 
So a very encouraging rebound win for Boston after that loss in Anaheim the other night. Uh, were it not for that bad first period in Anaheim, they could be 5-0 and on this road trip so far. Uh, but, yeah, overall a strong effort for the Bruins and the look to close out this road trip on a high note tomorrow night in Columbus. And we'll take a look at where they sit in the Eastern Conference at the moment, uh, as we haven't updated the power rankings this week yet. Uh, but first, a quick word about Built Bar. Uh, spring is on the way. A lot of people will be getting out there jogging, playing softball. You need to grab some Built Bars for that energy boost and to keep up your protein. Uh, all Built Bars, first of all, they're covered in 100% chocolate, so they're delicious. But they're also low-calorie, high-protein, and uh, you can replace your candy bar with this delicious alternative. They're really better than candy bars. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars, around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. They have delicious flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, And new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. New flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. At built.com. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Please now check out the uh, Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Now, if you look at the NHL standings since the beginning, of January, you'll notice that our Boston Bruins are second in total points only to the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche have posted a record of 23-3-2, which is ridiculous, 48 points. The Bruins are second with a record of 19-8-2 for a total of 40 points. Now, part of that is due to the fact that they've played a high number of games. We all know the schedule early on. It was very wonky. They had large gaps in the schedule. They had um, the COVID pause, their own COVID pause, then the NHL-wide. So they've been making up ground in terms of games played. So when it comes to point percentage, they're still very, very good. They're at uh, 0.690 in terms of point percentage. That's tied for sixth overall since the beginning of January, uh, behind the Avs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis Blues. They're tied with the Blues, actually. If we look at the overall standings at the moment, in the Eastern Conference, the Bruins sit um, seventh in terms of point percentage. Ahead of the uh, Washington Capitals. Actually, they are well ahead. No, I wouldn't say well ahead, but they have a three-point 
lead on the Capitals in the wild card race. And they also have a game in hand. Right now, the Bruins, in terms of points, uh, they sit in the first wild card spot. As a result, they would be in line to play the Florida Panthers in the opening round. However, if you look at point percentage, uh, you see that the Tampa Bay Lightning have a bit of an edge over Florida. Uh, They are one point back with a game in hand. So if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, again, the Bruins now four points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs for third in the Atlantic. And that would put them in position really to either play Carolina if they were to fall to the second wildcard spot, or if they hold on to the uh, first spot, they would play uh, Tampa or Florida. And the same would be said if they bump Toronto out of the third spot as well. Can they stack up against those teams? That's, uh, you know, that's a tough question. I don't I don't know if they would be able to take out one of those teams in the opening round. Again, over the last couple of months, they have been um, up there with the best in the NHL, but still behind uh, Carolina and uh, and Tampa Bay. When it comes to the underlying numbers, the Bruins sixth in the NHL. In terms of uh, shot attempt differential, they're behind Florida and Carolina in the East in that category. When it comes to shot differential, five on five, the Bruins number one in the NHL. Uh, Expected goals, four, they are third in the NHL behind Florida and Calgary. And when it comes to high danger chances, four, At 5-on-5, the Bruins are fourth behind Tampa, Calgary, the New Jersey Devils, uh, which goes to show you how important goaltending is. The Devils have had abysmal goaltending this season, and uh, that's really kept them from being a threat to make uh, the playoffs. Again, the Bruins, what's causing them to, I wouldn't say struggle, but not rise to the level of the elite in the NHL this season is their shooting percentage at five on five still well down in the NHL. They rank 29th with a shooting percentage of 7.1. If you look at the Minnesota wild, for example, they lead or yeah, their highest in the NHL at I believe uh, 10.3. So that you know, makes a big difference when it comes to uh, the final score around the NHL. So if the Bruins are able to continue to help this shooting percentage rise a bit and they continue to get stellar goaltending from Jeremy Swayman, then I do think they can compete with any team around the NHL. And, of course, that's all dependent on what Don Sweeney is able to do here prior to the trade deadline. If they trade a guy like Jake DeBrusque and don't get a scoring presence back up front, 
uh, that will hurt them a bit as he has been very effective over the last little bit. Um, so yeah, they need to be able to recoup some tangible assets in, uh, in that trade. Now, Emily Kaplan of ESPN, um, posted an article this morning about, uh, just looking around the league, some trade notes and rumors. And she did mention, uh, Jake DeBrusque. And here is the latest on him via ESPN. Uh, she wrote, DeBrusque hasn't changed his mind. He'd still like to be traded from Boston. The 25-year-old has indicated that he hoped he would have been moved by now. I'm not sure when he specifically said that. Uh, but so far, it's believed no teams have brought the Bruins serious offers. Many teams are spooked by the $4.4 million qualifying offer he'll be due at the end of the season. Though DeBrusque's agent has made it clear to teams that the winger is open to signing an extension with term to avoid that. DeBrusque's improved play of late could help the Bruins get something going on the trade front or help the Bruins for the rest of the season. So do the Bruins hold on to um, DeBrusque, treat him as an internal rental, or do they flip him, see you know, what they could get for him and uh, just kind of move on Uh, again, a big question to be asked of Don Sweeney. Now in this um, article as well, uh, Emily Kaplan mentions some players actually, no, this was from uh, Kristen Shilton and Greg Wyshynski. They mentioned, uh, Max Domi is a potential target for the Bruins, um, as well as JT Miller, uh, Connor Garland, Brock Besser are said to be available in Vancouver. I think those are two guys the Bruins should look at for sure. If you want to add to the right side, which I think they need to do, uh, they would be very capable scoring wingers. Besser, like DeBrusque, is due a very high qualifying offer. I think it's seven point something. Uh, Garland under contract for a little bit here, and he would be uh, the more attractive option for sure. He's uh, signed for four more seasons at $4.95 million. And um, yeah, I still think the Bruins would have their eyes on him as the local boy and he has term and would be a great fit on the right side for this team. Before we get into some more news and notes from around the NHL, quick word about bet online. March Madness is right around the corner. Pro basketball, hockey, ramping up towards the playoffs. You can get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props at betonline.net, your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. They're your best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news. And they have you covered, again, basketball, hockey, hopefully baseball soon, boxing, UFC. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right. So elsewhere around the NHL, we all know that, yeah, the trade deadline really coming uh, pretty soon, three weeks on Monday. And uh, we saw Alex Stalock traded by the Edmonton Oilers to the San Jose Sharks uh, yesterday, a very minor trade, but hopefully at some point we get the, the trade dominoes falling here and the, and we start to get some uh, some more action. So the Bruins, again, have some holes to fill. Uh, Fluto Shinzawa this morning writing about whether the Bruins' trade pri- priorities are changing as Eric Howla continues to thrive as the second-line uh, center for the Boston Bruins. Um Taylor Hall taking care of some of the playmaking. Pasternak handling the finishing. Howla has stepped in to help facilitate things and bring more of a defensive-minded approach to that position. So the question is, can the Bruins afford to ride Howla on the second line in the playoffs and target needs elsewhere, such as uh, on defense or um a right hand shot to play with Bergeron and Marchand. Uh, he mentions Ricard Raquel as a right wing that the Bruins could target. Um, so we'll have to see there. I, again, I don't know if I'm of two minds when it comes to this one. I don't know if Halla is a second line center on a contending team. But on the other hand, I don't know if it really matters who plays center there because Hall and Pasternak are so good at their respective positions and in their respective roles. So um, really, I think at the moment, help on defense, more on the right side than anything, or you know, left side if you want to bump Derek Forbort out of the lineup. Uh, I think Grizzly, Riley, Forbort could uh, be effective if they're playing at their best. Now, there's always risk of injury. Hopefully, Yerhovakinainen can come back to add some insurance. Uh, but I do think the right side on defense and a scoring right-hand shot should be the priorities for the Bruins right now. If they can get some help at center, uh, then all the better for it as well. Anyways, that's today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I hope you all had a great week. I know the world is crazy right now, but hopefully this podcast has brought you some distractions. Plans for the weekend? Not much. Boys have hockey very early on Sunday, so hopefully get to sleep in a bit tomorrow. Uh, Continuing my Better Call Saul rewatch. My wife Lauren and I started The Dropout, which is the uh, Elizabeth Holmes show. It's on Disney Plus up here anyways. That's Pretty good so far. Um, watching Mrs. Maisel. Would like to get out and see the Batman at some point. But oh, three hours is quite a time investment. Um, but restrictions are lifting up here, so it should be easier to get out a bit uh, here. And, and uh, yeah, open for some warmer weather. Get the snow out of here. And uh, looking forward to spring 
and what the Bruins have in store for us here over the next couple weeks. Thank you again for making this podcast your first listen every day. Check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast hosted by Flip Livingstone and Steele Roden. They can help you become experts in your fantasy league free and wherever you get your podcasts, along with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Thank you for listening this week, friends. Be back on Monday, unless something breaks over the weekend, in which case I'll be sure to drop a bonus pod. Um, And that's it. Thanks so much for listening again. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again next week.